0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships rolling,
2: and then I watch them roll. Away.
1: Welcome into W E I Boston Sports Original right here. It is Shime and Dondero today. A bit of a new mix. I like it. Uh, this is the first time I've ever gotten to meet Mark. Mark, it's a pleasure. Welcome in,
2: Shime. Nice to meet you, man. Oh, nice to be man, with I'm, you. Ex-
1: I'm excited today. We got a Patriots game to react to. A yep. whole slate of NFL football, college football playoffs starting later today. A Bruins win, a Celtics dominating win. Uh, this hour of the program, by the way, is brought to you by Eagle Bank. Uh, so let's kick off right away with the Patriots win or er, loss yesterday against the Buffalo Bills 27-21. An ugly first half for your New England Patriots. Bailey Zappi was throwing interceptions all over the place. They finally clean it up, get their act together a little bit, close the gap, but you know never really felt like they were ever gonna win that football game.
2: I never had any hope. In fact, <laughs> I might have had less hope after the the opening kickoff. And I know they jumped out to the seven nothing lead, and it was fun, and it was exciting for a minute. And you almost forgot what a kick, you know, that kickoff returns happened in the NFL. I feel like it's been completely taken. Out I think there's
1: the only league. been like four of them right. all year.
2: First one for the Patriots since 2018. Um, I never had any confidence. <laughs> I didn't want them to win, um, but I certainly never had any confidence. And you know what I was thinking of Shine. This is what I was thinking during that whole thing. I mean, maybe it was a, f- a reflection of how I felt after the um, the kick return, but. We've been talking, everybody's been talking about the quarterback situation. They need a new quarterback. But the thing I thought of um, that I guess that kick return sort of woke me up to or, in, you know, whatever, turn the lights on. It's so – the quarterback is so important. I know I don't have to state that, but not only with their play in between the lines, but just the actual hope that you give a team week in and week out, game in and game out, because even after that happens, why, if I'm the Patriots, would I have any more hope that I was going to win that game? Even if a great play like that, a game changer to start the game. Because you know what the quarterback's going to do. You know what your quarterback situation is. You know where you are and what you are. So it's just you had no hope. Opposed to, And this has sort of been my take a little bit on the Celtics, and we'll get to that later. Or obviously when Brady was here or Mahomes in Kansas City. When you have a guy like that, you have hope. No matter what happens, well, we got Brady. We got Mahomes. We'll find a way. That hope, that, I don't know, energy is important for a team, especially a, chi- a team with championship aspirations. There was none of that. and I, it, it hit me yesterday that, hey, it was a great start, but you know your your guy's going to screw it up somehow. The offense is going to get <laughs> So it's a, great that you had the, the kickoff return, but just not enough, and that's what I thought of. It's
1: one of the great things about what Tom Brady brought to this team in that it was just a guy that you can hit him as many times as you want. You can beat him up. You can put him down 28-3. to 3. The guy's not going to die. He's not going to roll over and be dead. And when when you had a guy like that, or like a Mahomes, when you have that when you start off right away with a seven nothing lead, the immediate immediate thought in your head is, "Oh, we're going to win this football game. Game's over. Tom Brady's not going to lose this. Mahomes isn't going to lose this. Like, why? Why would anybody? It was one of the things that you know they compared him to Alexander the Great. Literally, the 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 soldiers with him thought he couldn't die. Who did that?
2: Who
1: compared him? To- I think people in the media in general oh, okay. have just always... yeah That's what it's I'm just saying. Like, that mentality. Like, yes, exactly. Like the, the myth that this guy literally cannot die. He is invincible. And you don't have that. You don't have anything close to that. You don't have a guy even like Joe Flacco now in Cleveland who it's like, oh, Flacco can make a couple plays for us. He'll find Amari Cooper or David Njoku. He'll figure this out. He'll win us some games. You don't have that right now. And it, it is a glaring issue for the New England Patriots and why that top Four, top three, top two pick is so important. I'm not even worried about that, honestly, for the Patriots. That's more of
2: a conversation for the Celtics. And, again, we can get into that because I know we haven't talked about this and yeah. I'll get you in on all my takes. Oh, I'm curious to hear those. But I'm just saying that's, a, that's something for a team that's on the precipice of a championship and can win a title. The Patriots aren't even close to that. No. All you want to do is get on the board and get a quarterback that you'd like to think maybe could be the face of the franchise. Now – What sucks is it's going to be even harder to get to that point because you had that. I mean, for a minute there, correct me if I'm wrong, you can tell me, Mac Jones appeared as if he was going to be the quarterback of the future, for a minute at least. So
1: we don't know each other very well. No. Um, Are you not a Mac guy? Oh, uh, the the face of the anti-Mac movement, ah, if you will. Okay. Uh, even before he was drafted by New England, I didn't think he should be a first-round quarterback. So okay. they, that's a whole different different ballgame. But it's even fine. still, like a lot of people, you're right, a lot of people felt like the guy who normally sits in my seat from 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, Greg Hill, and even Andy Gresh after him, were very much – a firmly, firm believers in the fact that Mac Jones was the face of the franchise and was the next guy and would be that guy. Unfortunately, however, did not work out. Okay. Has not so, worked so
2: out. So you're the anti-Mac guy. Yes. But don't tell me that in the middle of his rookie year when the Patriots were the one seed, you didn't at least have a thought that maybe this could be something that works out.
1: Mm, no. What I was didn't. it
2: about Mac you didn't like
1: that you well, never liked? So I, I first of all, the arm strength is is it's abysmal. It's okay. tough. It's okay. really hard to get behind. Everybody thought that he was a great processor. I never registered that. Thought his footwork was horrendous. Um, and I just I never thought he was as smart as people claimed he was. I thought in Alabama he was just surrounded by some of the best talent uh, an Alabama team had ever had. I mean. His receiver, when does a receiver win a Heisman over a quarterback? Like, that to me is like the first step at kind of realizing, oh, this quarterback may not be quite as good as people think he is because this receiver is that good. And so uh, a lot of it for me started there, and when you watch the tape and stuff like that, I just, I did not like the way... Uh, Mac Jones translated from the college game to the pro game, and that's fine. I had my opinions, you know. Maybe I was proven right. It is what it is. Doesn't really matter at this point so because you, the Patriots. Oh, hold on. Are...
2: You were saying all this before he started to go down the drain.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. before he was even drafted by the Patriots. Okay, like I, when in I the draft. You
2: credit then, because you couldn't be more right.
1: Yeah, I got I got made fun of by Andy Gresh quite a bit. Uh, even uh, Dale and Keith before him. Like I got I've been made fun of quite a bit for my takes on Mac Jones, but I believed what I believed. Uh, the tape doesn't lie, and thus we are where we are. And It kind of is what it is, but again, like to your point, a lot of people did think that they had the guy, and so the heartbreak of realizing, oh, we definitely don't have the guy, and now we're still in search of him four years post Tom Brady is it's hard. You're right; there isn't a lot of hope for this franchise at the moment. Like, there's no young offensive player you point to and go. I'm gonna. I can't wait to hitch my wagon to him. Pop Douglas is the closest thing, and he's good, but like he's not. He's not Jamar Chase's rookie year, right? Like he's not even Puka Nakua I, in L. A.
2: Another thing I was thinking of is um, how good would he have been with Tom Brady? You know, I, this is an unfair thing to th- a way of thinking. Yeah, but that's
1: how all Patriots know, fans think, right? Like you're just you were used to it for 20 plus years. It's just the greatest quarterback in football is at the helm.
2: Well, I know, and we know what it looks like. We know what the exactly. See, the problem with Brady was he was the best player in the league. He was the arguably the most clutch player in the league. He was one of the greatest leaders. I mean, he had no weaknesses other than maybe he didn't run the forty fast. But in terms of being the quarterback that you need to lead an organization, we all know that it. I mean, that's the standard. So, I mean, we're going to get to know each other's kind of their takes and where we think they should go or whatever. The most important thing for me. Is getting that draft pick and trying to find the quarterback. That's the that is before anything you do anything else. Before you fix, you have other holes, you have other needs. I don't care. You fix that quarterback, you get that quarterback. Everything else will fall into place after that. They've got to find a way to get to the quarterback. So I will say this: going, you know, this is our first segment here. It was a successful weekend by and large. Um, the I guess the loss. That the Detroit Lions suffered, how ridiculous, however ridiculous it might have been. <laughs> that game was insane. That, that was big, because for a minute there, you jump back. What was it to two, and now because three. It, it was a three, and then you've got this this cl- unbelievably clutch seven game losing streak from the Commanders that has them right in the middle of it, which sucks because they're going to take a quarterback. Now you're what third, so
1: it's. I know, think everything went right for you this weekend, right? Because. Although Washington loses, and it looks like they're probably going to lose to the Cowboys next week because as long as the Cowboys win, they secure the NFC East and get, get that home field basically throughout the playoffs until they have to go to San Francisco. So outside of that, though, Arizona wins. You move ahead of them. Kyler Murray is clearly seems like their guy. like I, I I'm firmly under the impression that they're not going to move on from him. They don't intend to to draft a quarterback. so you're not fearing them. And you look at the Chicago Bears. they have the number one pick right now thanks to the Carolina Panthers. but there is a ton of noise right now for Justin Fields. Like the way I think Aaron Schatz of uh, formerly a football outsiders, I forget exactly where he is now, uh, he tweeted out earlier today how the Bears are seventh in weighted DVOA. Like, the Bears are a good football team right now. It's why you saw the reports over the weekend that Matt Eberflus is probably going to keep his job. There's a chance now that they want to just stick with Justin Fields, and they don't even want to take a quarterback with that first pick. So you are in a prime position to get one of those top two quarterbacks right now, assuming you lose to the Jets. And even if you beat the Jets, you're still in a decent spot, right? Like, it's it's hard to imagine a time where... Are you where in a decent spot? What spot is that? Three? If you beat the Jets? So, like, if you beat the Jets, you definitely fall behind the Commanders. Yeah. But who jumps ahead of you? Oh, well, you have five wins.
2: I don't know. I mean, you have to look. There's other teams. I mean, Arizona's 4-12. and 12, The Giants are 5-11. and 11, But, Char- again,
1: like, Arizona's a team that I don't think is going to take a quarterback. No, no so, I don't either. So you're in a position. The Giants might. You're in a, sure. Okay, so the Giants become your competition, but at the same time, moving from 5-4 to four or 6-4 to four is easy.
2: I guess if there's no team in front of you that's going to take a quarterback, fine. But... I still want them to lose to the Jets.
1: Yeah, and I and I get that. It's just hard to imagine a time and a place where Belichick would lose to a Jets team quarterbacked by Trevor Simeon. Correct. Regardless of who Belichick has at quarterback, whether it's Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, or uh, pick pick any, Rohan Davey, whoever it is, it's hard to imagine Belichick walks out there at home uh, in what could be his final game at Gillette Stadium and loses to the New York Jets.
2: I can't see it happening. Exactly, Um, and
1: that's what makes this difficult. So that's why you kind of have to immediately put yourself like, all right, we're probably going to be picking four or five. Mm -hmm. And then look at the other teams and who needs a quarterback. Commanders definitely do. They're probably going to get Caleb Williams. They're locked in, almost locked in at number two. I don't see them beating the Cowboys at all next week. They're going to lose and stay right there at number two. And then it comes down to who wants to make the deal to get up to one. Will the commanders just slide up there so they guarantee themselves Caleb Williams? Are they happy with either? you put yourself in a position where getting to one or getting to two is very easy and you can handle that. Like it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg.
2: Especially if Chicago is not interested in a quarterback. Exactly. And I don't think they would be. I don't think they're going to do it. I think the only chance they were going to do that was if they ended up so far down and fields was terrible and they ended up with both top picks, you know, where they had for a minute there, they, they were one and two. Then maybe-, maybe you do it. You completely revamp it. You draft Harrison, you draft the quarterback and you go from there. But if the Patriots are three, Chicago's one, they know the Patriots are going to take a quarterback. If they're not interested in taking a quarterback,
1: why not trade down, get some assets? Why not?
2: Get some assets. You know you you're going to get Harrison. Yeah,
1: you're going to get Marvin Harrison. Or if you want to tackle Olu Fashanu, Joe Alt, are both going to be there. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So right now, the Patriots are in a good position. Now, a, a win could change some things. You're still in an okay spot. Even if you win next week, you're in an okay spot. It's a manageable spot, it's not ideal. But it's manageable. So I think right now, looking at this past weekend, everything kind of went the Patriots' way. Uh, You lose to the Bills in what ended up being a relatively close game, but as you pointed out, wasn't really a lot of hope in that game with the way Bailey's happy was throwing interceptions and the team was fumbling left and right. Uh, So you lose that game. The Cardinals win. I think even, too, if you lose to the Jets and Washington loses to Dallas, there's still a chance you slide up to number two. That's not – Washington is not 100% locked into number two just because strength of schedule is fluctuating. Yeah. If, if they lose to the Cowboys, the Cowboys will have, I think that's 12 wins for them that add to the strength of schedule. If you lose to the Jets, the Jets only have, I think, what, five or six wins? So – it is going to be kind of wild how this final week plays out. But assuming the Patriots win, just because I can't picture the Patriots losing to a Jets team, you're in an okay spot. You're manageable. Everybody can take a deep breath. You lost to the Bills like you should. You were 14-point underdogs, you covered, but you lost. Everything's everything's okay in Foxborough.
2: And from a personal standpoint, I hate like I don't want to have to root against them, I. but it's just I'd feel more comfortable if they lost the game and had the best chance at the best pick or whatever it is. But at the same time, it's like, this could be Belichick's last game. It's the Jets. It's at (laughs) Gillette. He deserves to go out on a win if it is his last game. He deserves to win the game at home against the Jets and wave to people and go out that way. But this is about what's best for the team, what he's always said. And if they can lose it, then sure, they'll be as high as possible. I'm going to take that. I'm going to prefer that. 617-779-7937.
1: 617-779-7937. It's Shime and Dondero with you. Please feel free to call in. Weigh in on what you want the Patriots to... Mm, you Do you want them to beat the Jets? Do you want them to lose? We'll also get into, we mentioned, it could be Bill Belichick's final game at Gillette Stadium. I want, I'm want. i curious your thoughts on that. Again, you and I haven't talked much about it, so I'm curious where your head is on Bill Belichick, if he'll remain the head coach of the New England Patriots, if he'll coach elsewhere, if he'll retire. We'll get to all that coming up here, but first, Mark Dondero is going to get you caught up with what's trending
0: we're back download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime
1: I'm here with you up until six o'clock tonight here on Boston Sports Original W E E I. We were talking Patriots out here in the first segment. Ended up finishing talking Bill Belichick. Curious, Mark, your thoughts on exactly where Bill will end up this year? Could this will this be his last game at Gillette Stadium? Will it be his last game at Gillette Stadium, at least as the Patriots head coach? Kind of where are your thoughts right now uh, with Will, where Bill Belichick stands and where he's going? So the only
2: thing I want to say with absolute conviction is it should be. That's what I think. That's what I know. Okay. It should be the last time Bill Belichick is the coach of the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Okay. Will it be? I believe it will be. Um, my take is that Robert Kraft has to understand – That and I know that you know the speculation he let Brady go, is he gonna let he wants it to end right? But if he doesn't let Bill Belichick go at this juncture, especially if they wind up with a top three pick or something like that, that will be as big of a mistake as the way Brady left and letting him go. And you know, I think he misjudged how much Tom Brady meant to the Patriot way, air quotes, and the whole culture. I think I'm not saying he thought it was, you know, everybody's had this argument, but at least before was it more Brady, was it more Belichick, all of those things. I'm not saying Robert Kraft. Um, thought it was more Belichick than Brady, but he might have thought that Belichick had more to do with the actual culture of the team than he actually did.
1: Or even that Belichick would last longer than Tom Brady, right? Just looking ahead to the future, Tom Brady may only last a couple years, which he did, right? Whereas Bill Belichick could probably coach at the time for another 5 to 10. So you felt more comfortable with the future knowing that Bill Belichick was in charge.
2: Well, Well, for example, the Baltimore Ravens. Now... They're not replacing Tom Brady. It's a different situation because they didn't have a quarterback at that level. But Ray Lewis retires, Ed Reed retires, Terrell Suggs isn't all those guys, those defensive stalwarts, those studs that you had for so long in Baltimore are long gone. Yet, the team culture still feels pretty much the same, doesn't it? It's a yeah. hard-nosed defensive group. They play tough. De- it, it really didn't change all that much. My assumption again, I don't, I don't know. My assumption is that Robert Kraft thought something like that would happen. with the Not that they'd be the 1-seed, 13-3 Super Bowl favorites, but that the team would look pretty much similar to what they've Culturally, always Culturally, like. it would be the same. Culturally, offensively, it would never get this bad. That they would look representative to what they've always looked like. Obviously not with Brady. Not in the AFC Championship every year. But it wouldn't look that—it wouldn't be four wins, three, whatever it is. So— I do think it's going to be the end. I think Robert Kraft's going to understand, mainly because, I shouldn't say mainly because, but in large part because of where they are and the unique opportunity that they have to draft high and to entice somebody else to come in with a top pick to clean house and to start their own program over. Bill has had five years ish, was it four years since Brady left? He tried the quarterback, he drafted the quarterback, it didn't work. Did he ruin the quarterback? Didn't he? Ru- I don't know, but it didn't work. Okay, and then there was a whole fiasco with the coaches. Now we don't, you know, they're as undisciplined as they've ever been. It's just a, a bunch of things that have happened that say to me, you know what, it's time, and it's been 23 years. It's time, man. Like, that. there's nothing wrong with that. It's been time. And all the other teams, by the way, if you're doing a case study in Boston that eventually had to move off of legendary head coaches, not Belichick level, but le- coaches that won, it all worked out, like, pretty Okay. Tito to John Farrell won a, a champion. I know there was the Bobby V, but it but was one year. But
1: even Claude Julian into... Bruce Cassidy City worked was, out okay. Yeah, I Cassidy mean, Brad was...
2: Stevens is still paying dividends.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. So, it under the impression that Bill Belichick is gone, right? The Patriots agree with you. They want to move on from Bill Belichick. How do you approach the future of the organization? Are you going entirely outside you know, the organizational familiarity with other coaches. So are you avoiding the Mayo's, McDaniel's, Bill O'Brien's, Brian Flores's of the world, or are those the first guys you interview?
2: I've always liked Brian Flores. Um, I don't know about Gerard Mayo, but yes, I would go outside of Bill Belichick completely clean house. Now, I you know, if there's a coach that the new coach that comes in wants to keep because he's always looked at him and he's liked them or whatever. Like Troy Brown, fine. for instance. You, you've always yeah. liked Troy Brown. You've talked to him a little bit. You know him a little bit. You want to keep – fine, you want to do that. But the guy that comes in needs to do whatever – he needs to be able to do whatever he wants to do. And at this point, I think I would go – I don't want anybody trying to emulate what Bill Belichick did or was or anything like that. It's over. It's You're never going to get another Bill Belichick. I don't know if that philosophy or whatever it is is as applicable now as it used to be. Don't worry about that. Get it. I would go outside the organization. I would get an offensive guy. That's what I would do. And then I would go from there and let them try to build their own program and start it up. You're at the bottom anyway. Now's the time. It's the perfect time. It was 24. The cha- Just the odds that Belichick would be able to rev it back up, even close to where he was, are against you. Even if he was doing everything humanly possible to win, which I don't know if he has been because of all the hires and the the coaching staff and it's been weird for the last few years.
1: Yeah, so you and I are aligned in that. I too would want to go outside the organization. I I like I like the idea of a young offensive mind. I've been beating the drum of Bobby Slowick now for like eight weeks. Uh, ben Johnson is a really popular name. Frank Smith down in Miami, another guy. Uh, I am. I firmly believe that the NFL is moving in the direction of young offensive-minded coaches. The defensive ones that are having success are guys that have empowered young, creative offensive minds, i.e., D'Amico Ryan and Houston empowering Bobby Slowick. And so for me, I totally agree with you in that, in that sense. And I also agree that, like, if Kraft, just for his own comfort, decides that he wants to get somebody related to the franchise in some way, Brian Flores, I agree, would be at the top of my list because I think it's the one guy on the list that has gone out and really established his own personal identity away from Bill Belichick, knowing what he dealt with in Miami. I think he is a capable head coach. I like the creativity he has on defense. The way he blitzes more than just about any coach in football. He also drops into coverage eight on Hit more than any other coach in football and, and only rushes three, which I think is really interesting and a really interesting approach. And so for me, I, I like the Flores idea. I am completely out on bringing back Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. on promoting Bill O'Brien in any way, shape, or form. No. And I really would prefer to stay away from promoting Gerard Mayo. I just, I don't see the value in it. Well, I just worry about the
2: whole defensive thing because you know, it's going to happen. You're going to have a young quarterback. If that, that quarterback's going to need some tutelage, and if he gets good tutelage or guidance or whatever, what's going to happen
1: to that guy? And if you and if you just promote Mayo, his first reaction is going to be a Belichick thing. Let's just bring back Josh, or let's keep Bill O'Brien yeah, in no, place. No, no. And those are not the guys I want cultivating
2: a young
1: rookie quarterback.
2: It's just been, I, I, again, once upon a time I might have been open to that, but with where it's gone, I just think you need a clean sweep. I need, I think you need to break ties with respect. You know, go through a whole process and and be you know, celebrate the time here, but it's just time to move on. It's time to a different direction.
1: And and I I just – I don't feel that Bill still wants to do this anymore. Like, to me, I think he retires. I think – what is it? January 10th, Wednesday, January 10th, should be his final press conference of the season, post-Jets, win or loss, whatever it is, that Wednesday – I have a weird feeling that it's going to be a Bill Belichick goodbye press conference. He he didn't tell anyone before the season except Robert Kraft because he doesn't want to do stupid goodbye tours. He doesn't believe in that crap. He wanted to coach the season the way he wanted to coach it. Did it go the way he wanted? Absolutely not. But it also didn't indicate to me a season where he was thirsting after the Don Shula record. Like, he could have chosen to spend more money and bring in certain people to help assist the organization, whether it's players or a different offensive coordinator, a different coach to help, and instead kind of just ran it back. And there were reports that he would have been comfortable running it back with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge at offensive coordinators, co-offensive coordinators, instead of bringing in Bill O'Brien. And to me, that doesn't indicate a guy who is craving, thirsting after that record. And so maybe this end here, this end stretch with Bailey Zappi is, it has felt a little bit like, ooh, maybe, maybe the energy's back, the vibes back a little bit, the hug with Bill Belichick and Bailey Zappi after the win in Denver. But to me, it's almost like just that that second wind you get, like, and and then it kind of just all fades away. Well, it's just he hasn't been doing everything
2: possible to win. He's bringing in 100%. people that he wants to be around, coaches, yes. family, kids of guys he knew. That it's more about
1: trust than success.
2: Or it's just that it's his routine, and he loves coaching, and he wants to say he's done it here. That's why I'm not convinced he wants to keep doing it. Does he want to really uproot and go to Los? He's 72 years across go the to country, Los Angeles. Or, yeah, I mean, or go work for Jerry I, I, Jones. In I Dallas. definitely don't think. I mean, I don't know. I definitely don't think based on what we've seen here, he wants to take on a situation with a quarterback situation that's uncertain. Or I, I, the only job that would maybe entice him to me and I don't even think it's going to come open, would be Buffalo. Northeast team, East Coast team, they have an established quarterback. If you can cut down on some of the mistakes, they've got a
1: defensive culture thanks to the old head coach. They're close. That maybe he was just raving about Josh Allen the other day. He literally compared him to Tom Brady. Maybe so. that, maybe
2: that could be something where I could understand. It's the team is right there. They've been right there. You have a special quarterback. You just manage him a little bit, and he could take you to where you want to go. That makes more sense to me than. And I know Washington might end up with a good quarterback in the draft, but. Washington or Dallas. Like it just, and
1: what's the difference between going to Washington and just staying here, right? right? If if Washington's going to end up with the number one quarterback in the draft and you end up with the second quarterback, what's the difference? You already have your fingers in everything here. You're already established here. Why would you just go to Washington whole new to do the same thing? Group. It's it, it was my argument all along with the idea that he would go to Carolina. I know that was popular uh, among reports that ooh, maybe David Tepper would be interested in just giving him a bag of cash. Well, why would he go to Carolina, a place that doesn't have a ton of talent. The first overall pick that they just made in Bryce Young has struggled mightily this year, and the defense has been, like, mediocre. They've been fine. They haven't been great, but they haven't been awful. Like, why would he ever want to go there when he could just stay here, get a quarterback with, like, a top three pick, and then and he already has himself established. His kids are already coaches here. So if, if he was going to stay in the NFL, in my opinion, the best place for him to stay is just right here. So to me, that indicates Kraft probably wants to move on. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. So what does that mean? Call it quits. Call it a day. I'm good. Maybe I go. I uh, work in the front office or like way high up as a VP somewhere. Yeah, in I shake in some hands. Way. Yeah. yeah I, I I work with I work with the Navy program uh, or or something like that. And he, he exactly he stays in football some some way.
2: I mean that's what I'm thinking. I just it's still though at the end of the day hard for me to say. He doesn't want to coach. like if it does feel like he might die on the sidelines. I mean, that not
1: in a morbid
2: way, yeah, but, but seeing I mean. him
1: like, yell at referees. And yeah,
2: I mean, it's just such in his DNA. And now, I mean, I'm not going to get into the man's personal life. I, I don't know what kind of I know he likes the Nantucket stuff and everything. I don't know what kind of interest he'd think he'd have outside of football day in and day out. If he, I mean, you said he could do some other job, but I don't know. I just he never went after it the way Brady went after it, like I thought he would have when they split. Yeah. I can prove, damn it, that I didn't need Tom Brady. I'm going to do whatever I can do in whatever way. This doesn't work. We're going to do this. This doesn't work, We're going to go it, it didn't feel that way. It just felt like he, he was tired of that whole partnership, and he wanted to do it the way he wanted to do it, win or lose. He tried to win, but
1: if it didn't happen, okay. Yeah, it feels like he's more so just comfortable now comfortable. and not necessarily inspired anymore the way he once was. And so I think that's kind of the issue the Patriots are running into. And so that forces Robert Kraft to move on, and it forces him to kind of look at the situation as a whole and be like, as much as I love Bill Belichick and what he's given my organization, we have to move forward. We have to move past this. We have to clean house. We have to start from the very bottom again and bring ourselves back to the top. And it's, it's going to be a long process because I don't think people realize just how ingrained Belichick is in every single aspect of that organization from the training staff to the scouting department to the coaching and the game planning. Uh, he's basically doing the offensive line right now because Adrian Clem is away from the team like he he has his fingers in everything. And so moving on from a guy like that is going to take time and. And it's going to take a lot of different people to step up and and kind of fill all those different voids.
2: I'm just of the the belief that, of course, it's not going to be easy. Of course, it's probably going to be worse. Whoever you bring in is not going to be Bill Belichick to that level. They're
1: not going from four wins to 12.
2: I just in no way, shape, or form see this turning around right with Bill Belichick. Not in the way that you want it to get back into contention or whatever. I just don't see it happening. And if that's the case... Let's just get the process started. Bring in the next guy. Maybe the next guy is not the guy, but the next guy could lead to the next guy. Maybe it's Pete Carroll to Bill Belichick. You know what I mean? Let's just get it going. If it's not going to be Bill, which I firmly believe at this juncture it is not, let's get it going. Yeah, maybe we'll they
1: need uh, Kyrie Irving to come in and sage the building for them. Six one, one, yeah, <laughs> we all could use that. Six one seven 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 Let's go to the phones here. Dave in Connecticut wants to talk Belichick. What's up, Dave?
2: Hey, how's it going, Sean? Uh yeah, I, I think you have it hundred percent right. I think Belichick is gonna retire. I think it's been, been his plan probably all along. I don't think he's having a whole lot of fun like he used to with coaching. and it, 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 it's different players now, different attitudes. And I I feel like uh I think he's gonna go into the booth. I, I think he's gonna go into broadcasting. You know, he's been wearing his suit a lot. He, he during West Point he was awful comfortable in front of the cameras and things like that. So I think you're hundred percent right. I think Belichick's going to be gone. It's time to move on, and, and you know, and and quite frankly, he he deserves it. He he doesn't need the money. And I think actually, if he goes into the booth, he's probably going to make as much money and not have all the headaches that he has, you know, do, doing coaching right now.
1: All right, Dave. Thanks for the call. What do you think about Belichick going to the booth?
2: Don't love it. I mean, yeah. he's a historian of the game. Agreed. I don't
1: know about in
2: real time analysis or being good on TV. I don't know if he he's not a dynamic talker. He's no. interesting. I think he'd be better off on a podcast. Honestly, you don't have to have like the. Low key. Low key, just entertain. at your own story pace. time. Right. Story time. Um I don't know who you do a podcast with. That could be a conversation <laughs> for another time. But I don't know. I mean, not that he'd be bad yeah. in the booth or if he was like a studio analyst yep. in between the game. Like not necessarily as the color person, but a studio but analyst. But like with and- the
1: Fox guys, like Terry Bradshaw and 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 Howie mean, Long and those yeah. guys. Because yeah, you yeah. only have
2: one take, one hit, quick take here and there. I think that would be fine, uh, you know, if they could put him on, I don't know what he would say inflammatory, but I don't
1: know that he'd really want to do that job. I don't think that yeah. would interest him the same way. I think he'd ra- I think honestly he'd probably rather go coach lacrosse yeah. than be in a a studio uh talking I-, about- I would
2: love to see it happen though. A guy that has grunted and snorted at the media for 25 years, then join the media and be an analyst. That it would, would be, be fun kind of funny. It'd be a nice little circle of life moment.
1: Three If you want to text in today, I got a text for you. I'm curious your thoughts. No way. Bill Belichick is going to come this close to Shula's record and then just retire. He's going to coach next year whether it's here or not. Do you think that do you think that Shula record really means so much to him that he feels like he's this close he has to he has to keep going? Isn't there a chance that it could have and now it doesn't? I mean, I thought initially
2: that the the record did, but he's also on the precipice of the record for most losses, isn't he? Most Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. you want to be Lenny Wilkins? Is he a legend of NBA? I mean, he's a I guess, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think at the end of the day that that record is going to keep him on the sideline till he's eighty. I think he's going to, you know, assess in real time, watch how it went. If it doesn't happen here, I'm not sure he has the energy to go somewhere else.
1: Well, also when you look at the record, he could just look at it and be like, hmm, Andy Reid has my homes. He could just pass me in like seven years, anyways. He's like, why do I why why be number one for like five years and then just lose it? I I think that's a realistic thought sure. that could go through his head sure. and just be like, I respect Don Shula. I love what he did for the game. I don't need to be ahead of him. Well, I have I have more rings than he does. Well, I'm just, good. Let me
2: just ask you this. I mean, if he's thinking that way, or maybe again, he's assessing in real time. Those types of things, if you're thinking about your legacy, matter. And all I mean is, where would? And, and I'm not saying he should have quit, but I'm just saying, yeah. where would his legacy be today? if he walked away in 2019 when Tom Brady left or or after the the Super Bowl they won in 2018 or when Tom Brady left it would be completely different
1: oh my god yeah it would be different he he, well, he'd already be going into the Hall of Fame he would be everybody would just revere him and there wouldn't have been these questions about the uh Belichick record without Tom Brady because now everybody goes back and looks at his time in Cleveland he's like we didn't have Tom Brady there, and he was like 500, below 500. Now he doesn't have Tom Brady here; he's below 500. Right. Is he really a good coach, or was it all Tom Brady? If he just retires after that Rams Super Bowl win, or even after they flame out in the in the playoffs the following year, and he's just like, you know what, Tom's going to leave, I'm going to leave. It is what it is. I think it's time. I, I I do think that you look at part of that legacy a little oh, bit. Differently. Yeah, all those things matter. I mean, look at I mean Elway, John
2: Elway. He lost how many Super Bowls? Three Super Bowls, but he left after winning two in a row. That's all we remember. Yep. That he figured it out, the ultimate winner. He did it all- If he had won two in a row, then lost three in a row, then left, it would have been different. I'm not saying he wouldn't have been a legend, but it would have been a different pers-
1: perspective. If huh? Peyton Manning doesn't win that Super Bowl in his final season, everybody f- remembers him as noodle arm Peyton Manning. Noodle arm. They, it just, wow, he fell yep. off a cliff. but. Because he won the Super Bowl, you don't think about that as much. It's just Peyton Manning went out on top. He went out as Super Bowl champion. Even if that Super Bowl was won by Von Miller and yeah. that defense, you still think of Peyton Manning going out as a Super Bowl champion. You
2: get, you get such a relaxed demeanor on there. I love it. the arm on the
1: mic. Yeah, like I try to be comfortable. Why something. Yeah, why, like why be rigid and uptight? No, 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 you know, no, no, right? We're having it. fun. We're having yeah. it. it's no, you know, I'm it's good. It. I love it. Six one seven, seven seven nine, seven ninety three seven. If you want to weigh in, let's quickly get to Matt in Rhode Island. Uh wants to talk about the draft, I believe. What's up, Matt?
2: Yo, know, yo, know, what's up guys? Yo. So it's it's Belichick and, and take role with you, as a matter of fact, is anyone that's been behind the wheel of these draft picks, especially offensively, you have to go. You have to go at this point. Sorry, it's been great. It's been real. But um this, this upcoming draft, I, I really don't care. I want Marvin Harrison. And in fact, it might be unrealistic, probably is I would dedicate this entire draft to wide receiver, offensive line. Offensive players, all right, no specialty is no defense, all, all offense.
1: All right, Matt, Thank thanks you. for the call. Yeah, look, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. He's, m- on my big board, the number one ranked player. Position list doesn't matter. He's the best player in this draft. However, I also think this, re- this draft class is stacked with receiver talent, mm-hmm. like stacked with talent. And so if you're drafting in the top three, you have to take a quarterback because you can get a legitimately good receiver in the second round. Totally agree. Um, where was Justin Jefferson drafted? Uh, 21st yeah, over, 22nd over?
2: 22nd. I mean, he, was, he wasn't top five. Look at the
1: Nik- Nikhil Harry draft yeah. and all those guys that were right. de- drafted after him. A.J. Right. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, like this, Terry McLaurin.
2: This whole thing is, is revolves around the quarterback. We know yeah. that if you don't have the quarterback, you don't have anything. And that's why, to those people that tell me I'm a bad fan for rooting for them to lose – I'm for that whole narrative that, A, hey, I want to win some games and create a foundation and build something for the future. I'm for that if you have the quarterback. Yeah. If you have Peyton Manning 1998.
1: we can't hey, be running it back with Bailey Zappi yeah, and no, stuff No, God,
2: year. no, no. He, you know, if you have that quarterback and you want to build something, fine, but I agree. You have other opportunities, or it's more likely you'll have other opportunities to draft a wide receiver.
1: Get that quarterback and go and at least try to do that and go from there. The one point I do agree with Matt on though is Macro needs to go. Oh, he is. 617 779 7937. It's Shime and Dondero with you up until 6 o'clock right here on Boston Sports Original WEEI.
0: We are right back to WEEI.
1: Welcome back to Shime and Dondero here on Boston Sports Original W.E.E.I. Taking you all the way up until 6 today, 617-779-7937. If you want to weigh in on the phones, 37937. If you want to text into the show as well, you can also hit us up on Twitter. He's at Mark Dondero. I am at Shime Time. Uh, So we've been talking about the New England Patriots a lot here, the loss to the Buffalo Bills, Bill Belichick's future with the organization and in the NFL as a whole. The question I had for you, Mark, and I'm curious, so I know you're very much in favor of them losing to the Jets this week, which, by the way, the Patriots, if you didn't know, opened as one-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. And getting that Number 2 pick in order to draft a quarterback. Do you have a preference when it comes to the quarterback? Are you a big Caleb Williams guy, big Drake May guy? Are you off the board and you're like, I just love Jaden Daniels? Do you kind of no. fall anywhere in there? So I, I don't know anything about some of
2: these in terms of the actual things that they're going to need in order to succeed at the highest level at the NFL. I don't yeah. know anything. Um, as a result, I would say if I have a chance at Caleb Williams, I'm taking Caleb Williams. Okay, maybe, And it might not even be the right reason. It isn't the right reason but you would at least win the off season and infuse the organization with some semblance of hope. Now, maybe Drake May is the better prospect, and I've liked what I've seen out of Drake, Drake May. And what I do know about Caleb Williams, I don't—I mean, he wasn't good against good teams. He lost against yeah, a lot when, of good teams. But he was lost.
1: that also his fault? Like, when you look no. back at the Caleb Williams games, like, those were a lot of shootouts because USC had— one of the worst defenses in the nation. Sure. They were so bad. So I, I don't necessarily put all that on him. No, and you know, what did what did uh Pat Mahomes ever win in college? Nothing. You
2: know, what did you know who's a great winner in college? Vince Young. How did that translate? Yeah, you want to know that?
1: who else is a great winner in yeah. college? Colt McCoy. how did that translate?
2: Sure. So that, that doesn't matter. But I have seen some quarterbacks playing big games yep. and thought and thought, wow, that why is everyone talking about him, Sam Darnold? and then his bad game in said big game in college turned into his NFL career. So, look, Jaden Daniels, I didn't really like what I saw. I didn't watch every LSU game, but I didn't like really what I saw against Florida State, which was the marquee matchup at the time. Mm -hmm. I have no idea if, if a guy like that or Drake May, are they good leaders? What's their work ethic like? Can they read a defense? Like, all those actual things that... Are important to success at the NFL level. I have no idea. I like that you know Drake May has how many starts. He has more than Mitch Trubisky, so that's number one. I like that Jaden Daniels is six four. He's skinny, but I like that he's got some good height. That helps. I there's just too many things that I don't know, and I don't think that's the problem. A lot of these NFL scouts, NFL people haven't known. So I guess I would say if I can get Caleb Williams, give me the ultra talent and let's hope that he has the passion and the leadership skills to make it work out.
1: Yeah, the thing I've noticed, especially on the text line here this week, has been people are very – there's a lot of people that are both anti-Caleb Williams and anti-Drake May, and, like, at the same time, they don't like either guy, which is is surprising to me. I uh, have firmly kind of planted my flag on the Drake May hill. Why? I, he's the best quarterback in this draft. Is there I a think, reason? Yeah. When I watch the tape, Drake May can make throws – I didn't necessarily know where possible. Like, this guy's arm talent is insane. He He's kind of, when you watch him, he looks like a lankier Justin Herbert. The ball doesn't explode off his hand quite the same way that it does for Herbert, but that doesn't take away anything from his arm strength. He is exceptionally good, and I think a lot of the times when you see him in these games, he's throwing into extremely tight windows because he is pushing himself to a point he's he's experimenting a lot of the time with where he can fit balls, the kind of windows, the angles of the throw. Uh, I think the reading of the defense is not a problem for him. There's some athleticism there. Is he mobile? No, but I don't – he can move, and I yeah. think that's enough. That's all I care about. Uh, I just think the arm talent from Drake May is so impressive. His ability to slide into the pocket – uh, it is pretty good compared to a lot of the other guys. And Caleb Williams, to me, there's no ability to play in structure, right? With Drake May, I can give you can give him a play that it's like, okay, five-step drop, balls out, has to be out, and he'll do it. He'll nail it. With Caleb Williams, it's five-step drop. He's going to hesitate because a lot of the time he wants to extend the play Make it more like backyard football, and so I don't love the way Caleb Williams operates when you ask him to play in structure quite the way Drake May does. And so for me, I know I think at least as an offensive coordinator, you could get more out of Drake May right away, like right away. And that's why a lot of the times this year, Caleb Williams has gotten comp to Pat Mahomes, and I I get the uh, I get the comp. The difference is Pat Mahomes had a year to sit with Andy Reid arguably one of the best offensive minds football has seen as his head coach behind Alex Smith, who is a responsible game-managing quarterback. So Patrick Mahomes didn't come out and start right away for a probably crappy organization. He was drafted by a team that was 11-5 and five and in the playoffs and had time to prepare. Caleb Williams is going to get tossed right to the Wolves, and so in my opinion, Caleb Williams is going to struggle right away. I think you're going to see it uh, early, especially in the first six to seven, eight weeks of the season, and then he might start to pick up steam but with Drake May, I think you can insert him on any team close to 500, and that team is immediately better from week one.
2: Again, Pat Mahomes though turned out to be a grown-up. Pat Mahomes is a leader. Pat Mahomes, I feel like, is coachable, and he might—you know—he probably took some of that coaching, took the tutelage from Alex Smith, and used it to his v- advantage. 100% and it's now in the best case scenario for him. I don't know if these guys now. I don't know. Williams, he's crying in his mom's arms. Is that just being soft? Is that just he cares so much? Is that
1: this generation of athletes? Yeah, exactly. Like is,
2: I, I mean, is he is he like I loved what you said about the structure and not being able to play? And so that does concern me. Yeah. Okay. So that if I watch more of USC or Caleb Williams or at the NFL level, that could be a problem. You also have to consider this, and it's not something that we want to acknowledge necessarily, but it's going to be a reality. Um, the Patriots defense, without Bill Belichick, if that's the case, is going to take a hit, yes. and it's going to be different. So yep. you've got to factor that into the whole thing. Yes, you want to improve the offense, get an offensive guy, an, a quarterback guy. But you but can't be starting to... at Alex Austin
1: and Sean Wade with whoever replaces Bill right. Belichick. Is he going to
2: be as adept at drafting in the first round defensive players like Belichick was? We've all gotten on him for drafting offensive players, but he's been pretty good drafting defensive guys, pretty good. Is that gonna continue? I you know, that's gonna take that's gonna go up. One thing will go up, another thing might come down.
1: Yeah, it's gonna water will find its level. 617-779-7937. We'll continue talking, Patriots. We are gonna mix in some Celtics, uh, some Bruins here, some college football playoff. I know Dondero's amped up about these uh college football playoff games. We'll get to all of it coming up here uh with Shime and Dondero right here on Boston
0: Sports Original W-E-E-I.